Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If I would just upgrade this stuff, I'm sure it would all work better, but I refuse to do that. My phone is like, you know, five years old. My laptop is like seven years old, which is, you know, a lifetime in these years. Yes. It's an artifact, if you will. It's like the Fred Flintstone of laptops at this point. You can hear it kind of giving off steam when it's starting up. Um, it, I mean, maybe it does run on steam. I don't know. It works-ish. You're actually using a difference engine. I, you know, Is it's, that a little too nerdy? Yeah, <laughs> a little, Holly. Wow. But you know what? We're not here to talk about how much we love technology. We are here to talk about something else. Yes. Kitties, please. Let's talk about cats. Cats. Let's talk about cats. Cats. Let's talk about cats. Let's talk about cats. Welcome back to Let's Talk About Cats. I'm noted cat lady Mary Phillips Sandy. My cat is Grendel. And today I am super excited to have Holly Fry with us. You host so many podcasts. I do. <laughs> Let's see. You're probably best known to most people, of course, as one of the hosts of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It is a long-running show and truly one of my favorite podcasts for anybody who loves history and is fascinated by the odd and interesting corners therein. It's a great listen. You also host Full of Sith, which is a Star Wars podcast. I do. And Authentic History, which is dedicated to fictional history. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we treat fictional worlds as though they're real. So, like, we just did one on the Springfield monorail system as though it were a real historical event. That's one of those ideas that's so perfect, it kind of makes me angry that I didn't think of it myself. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Holly, you also have a record-setting five cats. And let me tell that's you— That's a record? That is the record on this show. Oh. Recently, we had a guest with four cats, and we thought that was pretty exciting. But you are now the cat owner to beat, as it were. Can you tell yeah. us their names? I can. I have Mr. Burns, who is very bad. Veers and Ozel are brothers. They're both little gray monsters. And then Raleigh and Xavier are also brothers, and they are Siamese. Excellent. Now, normally, we start off the show by asking our guests to introduce us to their cat or cats with a five-word memoir. You have five cats. We'd be here all day. I mean, I'm ready over here. Okay. All right. Well, let's hear it. Adorable fluffwads belligerent and numerous. Okay, wow. So you you actually managed to encompass all five cats in one memoir. That's See, some guests have had to do individual memoirs for each cat. No. They argue that each cat is so distinct. I'm going to challenge you to give us another one, Holly. In five words, tell us how you came to be a person with five cats. I mean, the easy answer is one cat leads to another. You know what? I think that is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Cats are a slippery slope, let's face it. It's time for our cat quiz today. How much do you know about cats and the future and the future of cats? 
So here's how this works. I'm going to ask you five questions you don't have all day. You got to give me an answer when I ask you the question, and there is a prize at stake. Now, are you ready? I guess we're going to find out. Okay, we're going to find out. Okay, here we go. Question number one. In 2003, a cat named Nikki died. He had lived with Julie, his person, for 17 years. She was devastated. So Julie paid a California company $15,000 to do what? Clone him. That is correct. Little Nikki, the world's first commercially cloned pet. Kind of cute, kind of creepy. Okay. A company called Petrionics sells Mouser, which is an artificial intelligence-powered robot mouse. You can control it with an app that you download to your phone. In U.S. dollars, how much does one Mouser cost? Is it $89.99, $149.99, or $399.99? I'm going to go $89.99. Uh, I'm sorry. You're going to have to spend more than that on a Mouser. It's $149.99. I'm sorry, children. Mommy doesn't have the scratch for your robot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question three. As many of us know, the Human Genome Project was completed in 2003. That was the sequencing of the human genome. A year later, researchers sequenced the rat genome. Which furry four-footed creature had its genome sequenced next? See, it should be a cat because we're on the cat show, but I want to say dog because people get real excited about dogs. Holly, you are correct. It was the dog. Thank you. And I have a quote from prominent geneticist Stephen O'Brien who said, and this is a quote, The truth is there were more powerful people interested in dogs. See? The dog lobby is very real. Yeah, conspiracy theory alert. (laughs) Shane Dawson, get on that one. Okay, all right. Here we go. On Star Trek The Next Generation, a cat named Spot lived aboard the Enterprise and helped android Lieutenant Commander Data become just a little more what? There are so many answers that are accurate, right? Like adorable, human. (laughs) I will take that. That's right. I was looking for the answer, human. Final question, Holly. You are killing it. Speaking of space, of course, the final frontier, the first cat to survive spaceflight was a black and white stray who underwent training and then made a 13-minute suborbital flight in 1963. She was launched by which European country that was trying to keep up with the USSR and the United States in the space race? I should know this, and I don't. I'm embarrassed, but it's a scratch. I'll say France, just to be funny. You pulled it out. That's right. It was France, and her name was Philaset. <laughs> There is an effort underway to have a statue erected in her honor. And you know what? I endorse that effort. I'll go visit that statue. Field trip. Yes. History, cats, let's do it. Holly, I'll see you there. I'm totally in. I'm not even joking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Holly, you win the cat quiz and you win today's prize, which is uh, it's a graphic novel called Catstronauts in Mission Moon. I love. About cats who go to the moon. That sounds perfect for me. I believe it is not based on a true story, but you'll find out and you'll let us know. (laughs) Okay, so it is time now for a segment that we call, Hey, You Need a Cat. Yeah. We've done this before. We have addressed celebrities. We've talked to Keanu Reeves. We've talked to Sandra Bernhardt. I just want to be clear. They have not been on the show. They've probably not even listened to the show. I don't think they know the show exists. But there are people who don't have cats, and we think they should have a cat. And given your background in history, Holly, I thought it would be fun to set aside the constraints of the time-space continuum, and let's believe that time travel exists. And you and I can sit here today and address a historical figure who did not have a cat and tell her why we think she should have a cat. 
And the person I'd like to talk about is one of my very favorite figures from history, a really great person who did a lot of good for the world. Her name was Jane Addams. Do you agree with me, Holly, that Jane Addams should have a cat? That's a loaded question because everyone should have a cat, provided they're not monsters. Okay. How great would Hull House have been with a few kitties running around? Yes, Perfect. I'm sure there was a lot of stress involved. There was certainly a lot of hard work. How comforting and perfect would it have been at the end of a long day where she's lobbying for change to come home and just have a cat curl up on her and purr? She took care of others so much, but did she take care of herself? I wonder about that. And the other thing, I I was reading about this. Apparently there were legends that the area around Hull House and Hull House itself was haunted by the ghost of Charles Hull's wife, who had apparently died there. And, you know, maybe having some cats around at night would have been comforting uh, for Jane and for the residents. I agree. I mean, I think cats are magical in this regard for two reasons. One, they will spot the ghost before you and raise the alarm. Two... For me, I'm like a lifelong insomniac, and part of that is like a weird anxiety that pops up. Not so much lately, but when I was younger, I got night terrors all the time. And it wasn't until I started having cats that I actually slept through the night. And I think my brain just was like, oh, that noise is just one of the cats. And so it gave me much better rest. I have this theory that if everybody who wanted to own a cat was able to, we would actually end up solving a lot of problems when it comes to basic needs and housing. Because if you are able to support a cat, that means that you have adequate shelter for yourself and your family. You have some security, you have some space, you have some income that you can spend to support yourself and your cat. All things that Jane Addams was fighting for. So if instead of these crowded tenements, we had houses with cats in them, where the cats were pets and not just vermin, that would have transformed Chicago as well, really. I can get behind that 100%. I think, too, because Jane Addams, her work and her advocacy took her all over the country all the time. Cats don't always travel well, and I'm not advocating for leaving your cat behind, but if it's a, you get all the benefits of a pet, but an animal that you can go away for a little bit and not worry that you have to let the cat out or take it for a walk. True. I think it would have been very hard for Jane Addams to have a dog, given what she was doing. Right. Yes. Right. But a cat would have fit into her lifestyle, I think. I agree. And she was a pacifist, of course. And cats, you know, they play at violence, but in the context of play, right? I think... (laughs) I might be the wrong person to talk to on this. Let's just say this. A cat would not like war to break out on their front lawn. No, all of their aggression is usually because they're afraid of a war breaking out on their front lawn. Exactly. It's a different way of diverting their energy and one that I think is in line with with a pacifist activist tendency. Part of me is like, how much is actual pacifism and how much is just sheer laziness? (laughs) Look, as long as the end result is no more war, I kind of don't care, really. Yeah, me either. I'm I'm in. So I think it's really pretty clear. Jane Addams, if you're listening... um, you got to get a cat. You deserve one. We look forward to hearing from you, Jane. Um, Contact us through whatever medium you feel compelled to do (laughs) and uh, see how it goes. We're we're wishing you the best, Jane. Thanks for all you do. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have a cat seance later and see if we can come through, kittens. Come through. It's time for the reason we're really here, which is the interview portion that we call Let's Talk About Your Cats, Holly, all five of them. 
all, yes. all five glorious beasts that you uh, live with. So I want to start at the beginning. Uh, okay. The first cat or cats that you acquired. Um, for a long time, I had kind of been making noise the first eight years we were married that I wanted a cat. And Brian, my beloved, who had never really spent a lot of time with cats, he never got over his dog that passed away like right after we got married. Like even now, I mean, we've been married more than 22 years. And even now he gets really choked up talking about that dog. Like I said, he's a very soft hearted dude. And I just kind of got in the habit of like picking up cats when I could and rescuing them and adopting them out. Um, And we were very lucky that we had quick turnover. Like they never stayed with us at all. But I always told him, you know, if a little black cat shows up on our doorstep, I'm keeping it. And he was like, that's fine. That's a deal. And it it went to the wrong address. It went to my work. But uh, that is how I ended up with our first cat, who was a little black Manx, who we named Gigi after the Gigi and Kiki's delivery service. Oh, yeah. And he was spectacular. And we called him the Sultan. And he was very saucy and very bossy and wonderful. We started out with the intent to only ever have one, as everyone does. And then because he had been kind of ill as a kitten and we didn't know how it was going to go. But I knew that my husband, who is a very wonderful and soft-hearted person, if he went through the heartbreak of losing that cat, he would never let me get another. So I immediately wanted to adopt a buffer animal. (sighs) Uh, We adopted his little sister, who was named Zisu, on New Year's Day. And we had the two of them for a bit. And then several months later was when the ghost cats showed up. Stranger things have happened, I'm sure. I am really, in my heart, a woman of science. And I I don't buy into too much of that. But there was a moment uh, when my husband and I were in our apartment. And we both independently heard Clear Isabel, my deceased mother's voice. And both hallucinated a small gray cat. Wait, so you heard your mother and you saw a cat? Both of us, independent of one another. And then literally like two days after this happened, um, our friends found this litter of gray kittens. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's from Jan. <laughs> and we took two of them. So, Oh, my God. Your mother sent you cats. I think she did. So now which cats were this? Which, which cats? Ozzel and Veers. Who we still have. Ozland, can you tell me about their names? How did you come to name them that? Ozzel and Veers are Imperial officers in The Empire Strikes Back. That's how they got their names. Okay. We went from having no pets to four cats in like six months. <laughs> what does that do to your household, to your lifestyle? I mean, the first one was the hardest, right? Because when you go from having no pets to having pets, you realize all the stuff in your house that's not kosher for pets to be around. And then when we got the kittens, because we got two, like I said, Ozzel and Veers, that worked out fine. And then Mr. Birds came to live with us and everything fell apart. So Mr. Burns is the, I'm gathering that he's a uh, disruptive presence in your life. I mean, he's the best, but he's the worst. I have a friend who always makes this joke that if I put an order out into the universe for a specific kind of cat, the universe always delivers. Like I had always said that I loved Manx cats and a Manx kitten showed up at my work and I really like Devon Rexes. They're crazy looking, but I, like many people, am conflicted about the idea of like buying a cat because there are so many rescues available. And so I was volunteering 
in animal husbandry at the Georgia Aquarium at the time. And one of my fellow volunteers and I had gotten to be friends and she knew I was into this and she worked with a cat rescue group. And one day she came in and said, you know how you've always said that you really love Devon Rexes? And I was like, yes. And she said, we have one and you can just have it. And I was like, what? And it turned out it was Mr. Burns who they found in like a junkyard trying to like merge with a a feral community. And they were like, we don't know what you are. You might be a chupacabra. And he was very ill behaved. And um, so he came to live with us. Wow. So I guess then once you have five cats, your two eldest cats, I I assume they passed away. And then you were just like, well, we have to get back up to five cats. That's just sort of the... No. No, there was a time where we actually had six. Oh, my Um, God. Holly. (laughs) I know, right? I know, I know, I know. So Mr. Burns came in. He really was kind of a disruptive force because he doesn't speak cat. Do you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't communicate well with other cats. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know how to do the deference dance to the alpha, and it makes other cats angry. And then um, we lost Gigi, and so we had four at that point. I'm like, cat math is hard. (laughs) We had four at that point. We moved right after Gigi passed to our house. And we had done a volunteer day at a local animal shelter. And I was totally good. I did not walk out with any cats stuffed in my pockets. But I was in their kind of email list and their feeds. And one day they emailed me and said, there's a really beautiful Siamese here, but he's kind of feral and he's terrified and no one will take him and his time is up. And I panicked and freaked out. Yeah. And I called my husband who was not very pleased at being put in the position of like if I say no to this I'm a cat killer like (laughs) I was like I know I know I know I don't want to do this to you but please he finally was like fine I'm not into it but fine and so I called them and left a message and they didn't call me back until the next morning and they called and said well that cat's gone and I was like what and they were like no 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 one of the volunteers took him home last night she didn't want him to be here this morning because it is a kill shelter in a busy metro area and she called me no joke like 15 seconds later and was like you want the cat I was like I do want the cat and she goes uh did they tell you there are two oh my god (laughs) it was was two cats yeah she's like well he has a brother who's really feral and like nobody can even touch him so they couldn't get a picture (laughs) And I was like, okay. And in my head, I'm thinking, like, my beloved husband, who is so tolerant and amazing, is going to divorce me. And I was like, bring over both cats. So they both came to live with us. Uh, And at that point, we had six. Now we're at our five. And we've been at five for quite some time. Um, So, like, Mr. Burns and Veers and Ozzel are my my senior dudes. They're all right around 14. And then the Siamese are, uh, I think they turned six this past year. So they're, like, still cyclones. When you meet people for the first time, do you find yourself hesitating to tell them how many cats you have? No, because I don't don't really care what anybody thinks of me. (laughs) No, that's good. I mean, I think it's funny. And if they give me the look, I just show them a picture of Mr. Burns because he's such a punchline cat. That then they just, they don't care anymore. They're like, oh, what is that? And I'm like, it's a monster that I live with. And he's horrible and I love him. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Which historical figures do each of your cats identify with? This is very hard. Okay. Okay, so Mr. Burns is Victor Lustig. He was a con man, and he sold the Eiffel Tower twice. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like, I don't think Victor Lustig was evil, but he was chaotic and a con man and a little bit of a trickster. And that's kind of Mr. Burns. Okay. He's he's not evil, but he can be, and he makes trouble professionally. <laughs> Note to self, don't buy any monuments from Holly's cat. Got it. No. There was a time we uh, had a break-in and they, you know, it was very minor as those go. It was not traumatic. All the other cats were panicked and it took us hours to find them. And Mr. Burns was just like lying on his fat back in the middle of the living room purring. And I'm like, did you help them carry the TV? Because I think he just doesn't care. Nothing bothers him in that regard. Veers, this one was hard for me, but I think Veers is Winston Churchill. Oh, Because Veers moved into the alpha spot, but I think he found it more stressful than he anticipated. And he really, like, wasn't prepared for the management involved in that role. (laughs) I think much like Winston Churchill, he, he is a very strong presence and he has leadership abilities, but he also can be very persnickety and has... His own anxieties and outbursts that mm. are problematic to be around. Yeah. I, if he could learn to paint like Churchill did to vent that off, it would help. But he's really struggling to, to hold the brush. Okay. <laughs> Ozel is King Louis the Sixteenth. Like, that was the easiest one on earth for me. Wow. All right. So why? Because King Louis the Sixteenth caused a whole lot of problems, but not, again, and not because he was evil. He was just kind of a naive doofus. Yeah. And that's awesome. Like, he's the sweetest thing, but he's not bright. Like, I always joke with people that, um, you know, there are some animals where people will be like, oh, my cat or dog is an old soul. You can tell. And I'm like, it's Ozzel's first time. Like, every everything is new to him Oz- every Ozzel's day. on life number one. He's just getting started. It is his first time around. Everything is exciting. Everything is amazing. He's always got, like, the dilated wow eyes. Um <laughs> You know, he's a little like Louis XVI in that way. He just wants to be loved. He doesn't really understand the machinations going on around him. (laughs) He just would like to please have snacks and quiet enjoyment. That's all he really wants. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Raleigh is Napoleon. Oh, boy. He weighs about seven and a half pounds and thinks he's like a pit bull. He's that cat that will go growl at the window when the male person is coming. But the second they, like, hit our front steps, he runs away. Like, he's he's Napoleon. Xavier took me longer to figure out, and then last night it revealed itself to me. He's Levi Strauss. Really? Because he's very sweet and unassuming. He's like... Everyone who gets to meet him, which are very few because he is very shy, but once he opens up, he's this charming, sweet, loving, 
he just exudes kindness and sweetness and he'll let the other cats do anything to him like he so i feel like he kind of aligns with the the very heavy degree of uh, kind of public responsibility that Levi Strauss had and his philanthropic tendencies. <laughs> Savior will just let whatever needs to happen, happen, and he'll just find his place in it. Can I tell you who my Kitty Grendel is? Please do. She's Mary Pickford. <gasps> really? Yeah. I is think she saucy? I, she is. She's saucy and she's beautiful. She, I mean, she came from a very humble background. Uh, uh, I mean, she came from the, you know, dirt around uh, my in-law's farm in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. Uh, Grendel, that is, not Mary Pickford. You know, humble beginnings, uh, but she was destined for for greatness. She's beautiful. She's captivating. She's magnetic. I I actually, I I was looking at some pictures side-by-sides of Mary Pickford and Grendel. No offense to Mary Pickford or any of her descendants, but I I truly, I sort of see a resemblance, you know, the kind of the... the, Just, just your, her eyes, right? I mean, she did so, yeah. so expressive, um, and but you know, Mary Pickford was not to be messed with. She was a powerful woman. She was successful. She was talented. She was uh, smart, probably smarter than Grendel is. I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I think she wanted to be loved, and I think Grendel does too. your favorite cat owner from history or do you have a favorite story about cats in history cats doing things in history marquesa luisa casati was kind of like this style maker and fashion maven uh and she would walk around venice with her pet cheetah on a leash as you Um, do as you do and she had some other exotic cats that no one should really keep as a pet sure uh that she would trot out at parties and they would always be you know, utterly bejeweled with like amazing things. She had a very fascinating, uh, wonderfully glamorous seeming, but also kind of a mess of a life as is always the case. Yeah. Um, she might be my favorite though, just for pure style points. I mean, just imagine like waking up in the morning and being like, I guess I'll just, I'll put the jewels on my cheetah and go for a stroll. I mean, (laughs) what a, what a way to be. Yeah, there's a great famous photo of her walking along and she's shopping and she's like standing there window shopping and and the cat is just like, somebody let me out of this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I didn't ask for this. I did not. You know, it's it's interesting though, like I do this a lot for the show and we've talked about it before, but you know, trying to figure out who had a cat who didn't have a cat, right? And for, you know, contemporary people, it's usually pretty easy to figure out. Everybody has Instagram now. People in the past, you know, you're relying on biographers and historians to record whether or not they had cats. And often it's just not something that gets mentioned either way. Right. Because like so many other details about people's lives, you know, their romantic relationships, their, you know, even even the foods they ate sometimes, their their style of dress. We, we know about these things. Do you think pet ownership is something that is unfairly overlooked by historians? And if so, why? I don't know if pet ownership is in general. I think cat ownership is in okay. general, right? Like, And part of that is the unfortunate mischaracterization that's gone on forever that cats are these aloof things that don't really care about the humans that are providing for them. And, of course, anybody who has actually had a cat knows like that's not how that works at all. And so I think, too, because they have been seen as these very independent kind of working animals. Like, okay, the cats come and they... 
take care of the rodents and they protect the grain silos and but we're they're not really family the way you know a dog would be unless you live in ancient Egypt and that's a whole separate party but um I think that's part of it they didn't think of him in that way I did have one of those moments of discovery of a historical figure having a cat and I was surprised at how much it kind of like affected me and rocked me back this is going to sound corny and I don't care because I am. When Atlanta had the exhibit of Princess Diana's personal effects in her gowns, I went, my best friend is like Diana Bananas. She she flew down from Chicago and we went together. But one of the most affecting pieces in that collection was a watercolor painting that Diana did of a, a orange tabby cat that she had when I think she was a young teenager. And it really, really struck me because one, it was quite good. I mean, artistically, it was quite a good rendering. And two, it's like that thing where you don't think of people in positions like that, like heads of state, people that sit on thrones, people that are in the public spotlight in quite the way she was as being people sometimes. And knowing that she had this attachment to, you know, a little doofy fluff ball made her much more real to me. And I, it was like, I suddenly was like, oh, the world lost this person. Listen, I went to a a public high school. My history class was taught by the football coach. Uh, We watched the movie Patton three times in one semester, I believe. That was... That sounds about right. I wish I were joking. That was my history class. Um, And no shade to uh, Waterville Public High. But, um, you know, there are all these rich stories and real moments of humanity out there. And, like, cats were sitting there for some of that. And I want to know about it. Right? Yeah. No, I I think that's perfectly valid. Animals are kind of our link to each other's humanity through time. Even jerks liked cats, right? Like there are pictures of, you know, despots and and horrible people holding cats sometimes. And it's like, this is such a universal thing that it kind of is like the baseline of our humanity. It is pleasant to hold and pet a purring cat. It just is. There aren't a lot of things on earth that that you can share with, you know, probably 80% of humanity. I'm leaving out the people that don't like cats. I yeah. don't understand them, but <laughs> I appreciate them. Well, and it's, it kind of hasn't changed that much, right? That experience of petting a cat is really the same now as it was, you know, yeah. when Princess Diana was a kid or 200 years ago or 5,000 years ago. It's literally the same. And, you know, my phone, you know, the artificial intelligence, robots, whatever comes you know, that's still going to be a thing. I hope, I hope for humanity and for, and for felinity that we still have that exact same experience. I don't think they can take it away from us, frankly. I hope not. I will fight them. I will fight them. And you know who else will fight them? (laughs) My cat Grendel will fight them and she's, she can get mean, I'll be honest. Mr. Burns will fight them and then I don't know what will happen. (laughs) (laughs) He's pretty fat and slow, but when he's angry, he's really bad. So... Holly, uh, we always like to wrap up our conversation by asking our guest, what would you like to say to your cats listening at home? (laughs) Uh, Today, I'm like, Mr. Burns and Veers, you little weasels, please just behave your damn selves. That's what I've got for today. Okay, you know what? Everybody else is like asleep in a pile somewhere, (laughs) but those two really need to cool their jets. Okay, we have a shout-out to do uh, real quick here. We want to say shout-out to Orchid from Somerville, New Jersey. 
Orchid, dad loves how much you snuggle on his lap, but mom promises her lap is just as comfy. Love you, boo. Oh, Orchid. Orchid, if you know what's what's what, you will manipulate the situation to get pretty much constant lap time. That's how it works at our house. And finally, we want to send a shout out to Rolf, the Warwick University cat in Coventry, England, who's healing after an accident. Rolf, you have lots of friends sending you love during your recovery. And we join them in wishing you the very best. We hope you're able to get back to your office in the econ department very, very soon. And um, Warwick University, thank you for listening. Of course, if you would like us to shout out a cat, your cat or any cat that deserves a shout out, you know what to do. Email us, shouts at letstalkaboutcats.com. And uh, we'll do that for you on an upcoming episode. Holly, thank you so much for talking about cats with us today. It's just been such a delight. And I would love to know, um, how can people find you and all of your podcasts on the internet so they can get even more of you? If you want to find just me, I'm on Twitter as uh, Surliest Girl and on Instagram as SurlyGirly5. That's girly with an I-E. my show, Stuff You Missed in History Class, is everywhere on social media as Missed in History. That's M-I-S-S-E-D. Uh, similarly, Full of Sith is at Full of Sith. And Fothentic History is at Fothentics. Uh, Mr. Burns the Cat has a Twitter. You can go check it out. <laughs> it's pretty much just him talking about how he's beautiful and give him food. Like I said, Stuff You Missed in History Class has been a regular in my podcast listening for some time. So I urge everybody, go check it out. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the usual places where you get podcasts. And please go ahead, rate and review us while you're there. For more about this episode and to sign up for our monthly newsletter, go to letstalkaboutcats.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're at L-T-A-C-P-O-D. That's at L-T-A-C-P-O-D on all platforms. I'm Mary Phillips Sandy. Our producer is the Hotsy Totsy Lizzie Jacobs. Our theme song is by Poingley with additional music by the English Muffins. Our show logo was created by Julia Emiliani. And hey, friends, this is the last episode of season one. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Keep spreading the word. Tell your friends about uh, Let's Talk About Cats. You can go back, catch up on any episodes you missed. And we'll be back again soon to talk more about cats. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.